Live from bed for Stuyvesant. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. Give it up for God. Give it up for God. And give it up for peace. This is your boy Church. And it's your boy Jules. And you are now tuned into Mogul Talk. Uh, I have lost track of what episode this is. It but this is, this is the finale. This is the summer wrap up. You know, we couldn't like leave you all, you know, missing us for too long. Um, but this will be our final episode for a little while. But coming up with season three is going to be even crazier. It is. Um, we were just <laughs> chatting. <laughs> we were just chatting about, you know, our plans for season three and how we're going to shake things up with the podcast. Um, and I think you guys are going to really enjoy the changes that we got. Of course, of course. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being with us. Um, remember, you can follow us on Instagram. Um, and yeah, we'll just get right, right on to it. Um, America. <laughs> fucking America, son. Um I saw this meme. It was like, yo, shawty, is your ass at school? Because I want to shoot some kids up in it. And, wow. That's crazy. Um, it really goes to show how desensitized uh, we are to, like, all this shit. I mean, everybody's like, you know, gun control, gun control. Um, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Um, something must be done, but nothing will be done. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll take so much for anything to be done there's no way to get rid of all the guns so like i'm not even trying to say any of that um but when there's a car when there's car accidents in the city you know they put a bump down the road if there's an intersection that just has uh day after day somebody gets hit they'll put a stop sign to it Mm -hmm. you know you got to do something to try to mitigate and decrease even though it's still going to occur you know here and there you got you got to do something and i think that's the problem and inaction is not the answer blaming video games and saying that the reason that people are kids are so desensitized is because we're they're killing people in fortnite like no that's not the case studies show that there is no correlation at all it, at all it's true I, they said it was rock and roll in the 90s that's why people were killing up. Then people. there was hip hop and hip hop. There's always, I think, it has to do with the government representation. You know, when this stuff type of stuff was going on in the Obama administration, they were not deflecting it and blaming it on kids um, mm-hmm. or video games or hip hop or any other type of you know like excuse for it. You got Donald Trump been in office for almost four years now sad to say that but realistically speaking you know they don't have an understanding of what's going on and you know his pockets are so lined by benefactors and lobbyists Lobbyists. that he doesn't have any control over anything and he doesn't he's not trying to make any moves you know um from the mass shootings to the corruption in the police the corruption in the government um there's just so much going on in our country that you're right we are desensitized to it and they're not just the shootings but just the regular everyday run-of-the-mill stuff that goes on you're, it's so crazy that in 2019 that some of these things occur you know like crazy to see that in 2019 that companies are profiting off of all the discourse that's going on in the country 100 um you know look at all the companies that are profiting off of the ice raids and, yep. and the yes. ice enforcement all the companies that are profiting off of the mass shootings um or profiting off of limited amounts of gun control you know yes we live in a capitalist society but we're humans first money comes second you know mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. our priority and you know i don't think we don't put enough pressure on our elected officials and i think people especially in local income neighborhoods um immigrants 
people of color, um, of different races, we don't necessarily go to our elected officials. You know, we don't go and put pressure on them to say, this is what's going on in our community. We need to fix this. We need, you know, to make Mm -hmm. this positive change. We just let it happen and we let it happen. It continues to happen and it bypasses us. And, you know, once something really bad happens, like another mass shooting or, you know, another ice raid, then we're like, oh, something's got to go on and we're going to send our thoughts and prayers up, but we're not putting any action into fixing mm-hmm. it, you know? Nah, yeah. And like Trump himself, he, Obama did put in, you know, uh, for more background checks to be done when purchasing a gun. But once Trump came into office, he got rid of that mm-hmm. legislation. Um, so we went backwards um, in the Trump administration. Another lobby, like, uh, that's why right now everybody's calling Mitch McConnell Moscow Mitch because he denied a, a bill that would have, like, put more security on uh, voting uh, booths. Mm-hmm. And, like, when the next election comes up, we wouldn't have to worry as much for, like, any other country interfering with it. But he blocked it. And now everybody's calling him Moscow Mitch. Like, he went to his state um, of Virginia uh, the other day. And his people are who voted him in are calling him Moscow Mitch, Moscow Mitch. Because why would you want to prevent any type of uh, legislation to protect the voting system? Mm-hmm. The reason is because voting lobbyists, which is crazy to me that that exists. You know, voting booth lobbyists. That I guess they want to have ultimate control of how it is. Um, they pay for him. They pay for his campaign. And it's fucked up. That's why the lobby system surely shouldn't exist in American politics. If you become a politician, 60 to 70% of your time you spend fundraising. True. And, you know, uh, unless you like have money, like a billionaire where you could afford your own campaign, you need to make those calls. Unless you're popping like Bernie and you know you're going to get cash all the time. You don't. Um, and he has a big team. But he still has to spend his time fundraising. Um, and I don't really, I feel like po- money can't be, shouldn't be in politics. Fortunately, we live in a capitalistic society, you know, um, and it, I'm not surprised that that is the case, but there needs to be a time where the money has to be taken out. Um, don't know when that will occur, but hopefully it will. Hopefully we won't have two parties um, and we can have other different types of views in the future. But once these old men, old white men die, hopefully like a new generation of politicians will come up. You know, like your AOCs, um, like your Tulsi Gabbers, like, uh, eventually, hopefully that will occur, but we just have to see. We just have to see. You know, it's, it's crazy that you mentioned, you know, the new generation of politicians that are coming up. It's really the fact that we're trying to stop progress. And that America, because realistically, that, that's our representation. Our government is mm-hmm. our representation. We're, and from the outside looking in, America is trying to stop progress in every way. Trying to stop progress on people of color. Stop trying to stop start stop trying to. Uh, that's a tongue twister. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to stop progress, you know, for the LGBTQI community. Stop trying yes. to prog- stop progress for women. Um, you know, the way that the system is set up right now is that they're trying to make us as if we're living in. The dark ages you know what i mean that's the system that they want to keep in place they want to keep this old rich white man you know system but then also i play, blame not just the rich white man but i also blame the lower class for kind of com- contributing to it and mm-hmm. kind of like their negligence on you know not understanding who they're really voting into yeah. office but they're doing it based off of like oh he's christian i'm christian okay i'm voting for him yeah or, one I- one issue voters 
Yeah. Like, you know, like the farmers who voted for Trump because he was like, yes, I'm going to keep your tax cuts for the farms and stuff, but then lied and that didn't occur. It made them have to spend more money. They are feel like a slap to the face because um, they didn't get what they were promised and they voted for that reason, you know, thinking like, oh, my small business is going to grow. The people who like worked in factories, mm-hmm. he said not one factory is going to close. Um, and in Detroit, one factory closed and, and put people unemployed, the ones who voted for him. And they got a slap to the face. Really, the only people who are benefiting are the rich. You yeah. Know? And they're um, benefiting off of, you touched two very big points that I definitely want to talk about. Um, definitely, before I get to that, um, I definitely just want to add this, you know, people, the rich are benefiting from this. And it's crazy to think that like, the gun that in the past like month or so we've had over 40 mass shootings um probably a 10 percent of them have reached a national scale but with that being mm-hmm, said now mm-hmm. these companies are creating systems in place to give bulletproof book bags to kids <laughs> how are you putting a bulletproof book bag in the hand of a kid sounds expensive it's 120 dollars Damn. And you know, and you know how parents are. Parents are protective of their children, so they're already scared to see their kids go off to school. They already know that this is a crisis. They already know that there's a possibility that somebody, some random crazy person, might shoot up their kid in Walmart, or shoot up their kid on a school trip, or shoot up their kid at their actual school. So now, people, you're creating a, a supply and demand. People are scared. So yeah. now they want their kids to be protected. Now you create a, a bulletproof book bag charging $120, and now you're profiting off of this. And now it's like, wh- who wants to live in a world where you got to send your kid to, a, to school with a bulletproof book bag on? Um, it's funny you say that, like they're profiting off that because Warren Buffett, second or third richest man in the world, um, when 9-11 happened, because he has all his, a lot of his money's in insurance, and insurance is the biggest scam ever. You pay something every month to something that you might use eventually in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then still have to pay a deductible after paying that. So he said that like in 50 years, um, there will be another tragedy like 9-11. And so like he created like an insurance program. And everybody's like, I'm going to believe you. You're Warren Buffett. You're, you're the third richest man in the world. Second probably at the time. And that's just money that's going to him. Everybody believes him. And... Whatever insurance plan that exists for that tragedy insurance, he's just getting that money like nothing, Mm -hmm. like nothing. He's getting all the tax cuts because he only gets paid a dollar because all his money is in stocks. He can borrow like infinite amount of money because who's going to tell him no? The banks aren't going to be like, nah, he's Warren Buffett. Um, And yeah, people profit off tragedy. Mm -hmm. Um, The media, that's all you see. CNN, Fox, all those people. They have a counter next to them saying how many views they have because it's not news, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. It's e-news, um, what they really are. They just want to sell ads. They want eyes viewing no matter what. And how are they going to do that? They don't want to hear the good things, you know. Um, so. And it's crazy because, you know, you say that they don't want to hear the good things. And, and people put so much trust in, like, news and media. You know, they expect, so much. They expect that when they're hearing stuff on the news that the news is telling them what's going on My mom still thinks that weed is bad. And Spanish news, they're, like, saying that shit is bad. And I'm like, you're ignorant. Like, people are ignorant who watch the news and, like, don't see another side. Mm -hmm. You got to find the truth yourself. And and it depends on, like, who you are as a person because you got people who, like, are very specific to the type of news and how they want to receive that news. You got people in the millennial generation who won't necessarily watch, like, ABC News, Fox News, CNN, um, but they'll go on Twitter 
Twitter is their news. Mm -hmm. BBC is their news. You know, so everybody has a different way of consuming news. Or Facebook is their news. Or, or Instagram is their news. So if they everybody has a specific way of consuming their news, then the new they the news people and the media companies they know this. So that's how yep. they target the people that they want to get to watch their news. I.e., Fox News. Fox News is one of the most conservative ass backwards news outlets out there in the world they're so they're what they support what they they um report on news on everything is just ass backwards you mm -hmm. know what i mean and they know their people they know the people who want to listen to that type of shit you know and um facebook like speaking of facebook they want you to keep scrolling you know yeah of course so the things they're going to show you are the things you don't like that you're going to click on because you're outraged. You're going to get outraged by that. Like, oh, I'm outraged by that. And then you're going to keep going. Mm -hmm. They know that's how you make them stick. Um, they don't want to see people getting married. People get tight when they see wedding photos. Like, oh, another person married. Like, but nah, uh, they'll be happy to just read any article. To, not, not even read the whole thing. It's a headline that makes you react. Um, like, uh off the like off the wagon like just out of nowhere in terms of you know what i'm trying to say mm -hmm. like get triggered like niggas get triggered just off a headline and you don't even know what the heck actually it is about um so it's just you know it's just backwards but hopefully eventually um there will be a time where people with cell phones is viewed like you smoking a cigarette kind of mm -hmm. like with disgust mm -hmm. i do think there eventually will be a rehab for social media it probably is right now. Yeah. Um, a rehab for cell phone usage because um, it's kind of the downfall like of a lot of people keeping your head down. Like eventually, our next are gonna be. But remember, we talked about this like a few episodes back, where like the government, um, the New York State legislation was working That's on right. a bill to ticket people who use their mobile devices in the street. It's, it's just like that. I mean, that's kind of just the way the world works. Is that something is created, we use it. Somebody finds a way to abuse it, and then law is passed, and mm -hmm. then we yes, have to find yes, a way to yep, control yep. it. You know, um, I'm a huge like superhero comic book fan. Um, I watch the Arrow series, and um, I'm not. This is a spoiler alert for anybody who's watching it, but um, I just caught up on season five, and in the show, uh, Felicity creates a technology called Archer, and what Archer can do can track down any person in the world by using a smidgen of their DNA. Mm. Um, and her point at the beginning was it would help the team find the criminals that they were trying to arrest right? because if they found their DNA. What it eventually evolved to is that somebody got the technology, they used that technology, now they weaponized that technology, and now they're giving soldiers the archer technology where they can track down Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. their targets based off their DNA and they can continue to find them so they find their breathing heart rate all this extra stuff like that so it's like yes that is you know fictional but that is a perfect example and metaphor for the shit that goes on in the world like, yeah no one man no one man can have all that power and it's true you know um, it's just sad to see that you know we don't take these resources and use it for the best possible you know outcome you know there's some people who took those the resources social media and turned it around turned it into careers and jobs they created an outlet for outreach and connect with a lot of people but there are a lot of people who are kind of blissfully ignorant when it comes to using social media and how they're using social media that it's kind of more destructive than it is productive you know mm -hmm. and you know i feel like we've said this many times but life is all about balance um too much of something will always be detrimental whether it be 
social media, coffee. Uh, I don't think pussy. That that. Please excuse. A Kevin. lot of that is good for you, but but too much of one thing is not good for you. And you know, and so um, need to take a break. That's why screen time is a thing. Yeah, I honestly, I'm really proud of myself. Um, my screen time, I think last week went down 31%. I don't know how because you be tweeting dead ass every second. So I don't know how your screen time. Oh, so this is how my screen time went down 31%. Um, I, <laughs> I, most of the time at my job, I'm on my phone because it just helps me pass the day away. Um, I have a little bit more freedom to actively just be on socials and stuff like that. So a lot of my screen time was just built up on just being on socials, updating Instagram content, updating Twitter content, so on and so forth. Um, and I definitely scaled it back. I don't know if anybody's noticed. Like, I'm not posting on stories like all day, every day. You probably might see me post like one or two stories more recently um, on Twitter. I might get maybe like five or six tweets tweets off, and then I'm out of uh, mm. out of the Twitter sphere. Um, I think one thing that's definitely helped was that I was spending like three hours on Instagram or three to four hours on Instagram during the day. And there's a function on Instagram now that tells you how much time you've spent on the app. Mm. And I told myself that I will only spend an hour and 30 minutes on the app. And there's a timer that sets off once I've reached that hour and 30 minutes. So today, between me waking up and being at work today, at around 6 o'clock, I hit that hour and 30 minutes. So now I know that I need to chill because I've been on Instagram too long or whatever. On um, iOS 13, uh, they have a thing where you could have your apps, like, say, use this app only for an hour and 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then, like, when the hour and 30 minutes come, you could put, like, oh, let me get five more minutes mm -hmm. or not. And then it closes and you can't access it for whatever time you set that for. And then another thing that's also really helpful is um, do not disturb. Um, oh yeah I, I was not like a firm believer at first because I felt like somebody needs to be in contact with me at all times um, from 10.30 to 6.30 in the morning my phone is on do not disturb um, and that kind of helps me minimize so I went from like 9 hours a day on my phone to 5 hours and 52 seconds per day which is like a huge drastic change because mm -hmm. I think at one point I hit like 10 hours per day that I was on my phone yeah yeah um, so you know that, I think that, that that's just slow progress right there of course man of course there's been a lot of really crazy things on the horizon in terms of just like business moves that are being made um detroit is now becoming the new silicon valley um mm. did you hear about that no i did not um i think this is really great but i can see that happening. i know detroit is a thriving city right now uh, after it went bankrupt you know a few years ago yeah maybe a little bit more than a decade ago now you know it's definitely being gentrified um and people are going there uh silicon valley i would imagine because silicon valley like is mad expensive um detroit has uh you know what company has uh go go is in detroit mm -hmm. yeah. it's headquarters right yeah. and um they believed in detroit and they probably um probably are getting mad incentives like and i think this is where the business model and where companies need to focus their energy instead of like Amazon and Google, where they were trying to yes. build large campuses to major Thank cities you. like New Beautiful. York and California. Um, you know, Detroit, for the past, I would say, 10 to 15 years, have been struggling, um, primarily because of just the loss of um, GM and Chrysler. Yep. Um, those companies going bankrupt. 
um, for generations, Detroit has been the motor the city. Motor it's city. been the place where, um, you know, American-made cars were created and they were um, manufactured and distributed. Um, a lot of people, literally Detroit funded the whole city. You know, those companies funded the city. So a lot of people lost jobs. Mm-hmm. A lot of people lost homes. And there's no, like, America is not kind to its um, underprivileged. You know, they America puts its resources into everything but the underprivileged. It puts its yep. resources into lobbyists, um, into other companies that are benefiting, you know, the corporate agenda and stuff like that. I mean, like, the banks are allowed to borrow from the Federal Reserve at a maximum of, like, 3.5%. Mm-hmm. While when we borrow, and they're the ones who, like, were part of the Great Recession, them and the, the motor com- companies, but we borrow at, like... We could end up borrowing a loan at like max forty percent. Mm-hmm. I have an APR forty percent. Yep. And how you expect me? I'm not a bank to do, um, to be able to I, pay that. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's it's crazy. It's crazy. It's it's fucked up. Um, but America's a business. It'll always be that way. It, it is. And but now I, I'm happy to see that you know a lot of companies and some tech companies are moving forward to kind of kind of building in Detroit. Um, because it is necessary. People need those jobs. They need those job opportunities. Um, and in America needs to find ways to rebuild their cities. There's no reason why there's some cities in America that are worse off than third world, third world countries. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? There's no reason why in America in 2019, Flint still doesn't have any clean water. I know. You that, know? that should be a national... And the people who cause that aren't apprehended at all. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is the thing. We're not putting enough pressure on our government officials. Those people in those cities like Flint and Detroit where they've lost so much, they're not electing the right government officials who are helping them kind of move out. It's 2019. There's no reason why certain cities are just so distraught and crazy. You know what I mean? Nah, I mean, it makes sense. Like like you said, we do not care about um, the underprivileged. And it does take like an uprising, unfortunately. Right now in Hong Kong... There's a nine-week um, protest that's going on. The Hong Kong airport, one of the busiest airports ever, um, has been shut down for three days, going on four days. No flights are allowed. That's crazy. Like, there's a sign of a person like, sorry for disrupting business, but it's for our people. Because Hong Kong, China wants to introduce like an extradition bill, um, and they were going to vote on it nine weeks ago. But the people, like, uh, there's seven million people in Hong Kong. Two million people came out. And like protested, mm-hmm. like shut down the city. So like the government buildings, they couldn't get to work, and like the parliament couldn't vote on the bill. So it was just delayed, delayed, delayed. And um, still nine weeks. Like and now like the army, Chinese army's coming in. There might be a slaughter, to be honest. Um, but uh, the rest of the world knows. But what's crazy is that in China, that shit is suppressed. Mm-hmm. Like ex- for mainland China, like Hong Kong is different from mainland China. Um, it's suppressed like the people don't know about it mm-hmm. um, same thing like with Tiananmen Square which happened like now 30 years the Tiananmen Square massacre um, that is erased from China's history in China they don't they don't nobody knows what, it ha- what, what happened but outside of America we do mm-hmm. and it's just unfortunate because that's what a government what our government may, may end up like that and um, I feel like it's not hard the I would, I would even say... I hope not. As recent as Puerto Rico, you know, what was going on with their governor mm-hmm. and the pre- amount of pressure that Puerto Rico put on their elected yep. officials. Yep. I feel like we need to kind of, like, 
take that system, take that notes on this and kind of use the same pressure. You know what I mean? Like the elected officials work for us. They take our taxpayer dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're Um, right. You know, their decisions should be made based off of the needs of the people, not the based off the needs of themselves. You know what I mean? Um, If we go as far as, you know, the, the most recent ICE raids, you know, like those, the people that they're targeting are not are people who are actually working people, you know. They're separating families and homes, but Trump is not going after the, his own undocumented workers that are working under his company. Yeah, right? and you know what I hate? Like, they be like, you know, a big talking point for the Republicans is we have the lowest unemployment rate ever. We cannot um, ha- hire enough people <laughs> for how many jobs we're creating. But then on the other hand, you're like, these people are taking our jobs. Like, there's not enough jobs for people. Mm-hmm. So which is it? But then you know? they, they're saying, like, I saw an article that said that we have hit the lowest unemployment rate, but we are hitting the highest level of um, involuntary part-time work. Where mm. We're giving a lot of people jobs, but we're not giving, we're, companies are not trying to pay them full-time because they got to give them full-time benefits. benefits. They got to give them health insurance. They got to give them uh, 401k, mm-hmm. um, retirement, social security. Now, you know what? Let's give them part-time hours or not even just part-time hours. Let's give them uh, 1099. Let's make them freelance yep. employees freelance. or contract or temporary employees. So yes, we pay them until their time is up, um, but we limit them where they're not being full-time. And the Republicans see that and they see these numbers and they're just like, Oh yeah, unemployment's great. We're creating jobs. We're creating part-time jobs. We're creating, um, uh, we're not creating a sense of longevity. This is not going anywhere. We're not really doing anything. But on paper, we look great. Mm-hmm. America is unemployed, and we're doing better than we thought we were when we were with Obama. Mm-hmm. But I feel like more more people were secure in their positions. You know, more and more people are. You know, like in another talking point is like, oh, our economy is the best it's ever been. Even though today, what's today? Uh, Wednesday, August 14th, the Dow went down 800 points today. Um, but that's okay. Like, it's happened before. It happens all the time. But um, uh, that's another talking point. Our economy is the best it's ever been. We're the strongest, blah, blah. But I promise you that 70% of Americans cannot afford a $300 emergency. No. So what that means, yeah, Wall Street is booming. Y'all got the, y'all, y'all are good. But the rest of America isn't good. High credit rates, you know. Um, everybody got credit debt. Don't you dare get sick and have cancer or have to get your kidney taken out or got to get your wisdom taken out and you're a freelancer, don't got health insurance. Mm-hmm. Don't you dare because then you'll be uh, get uh, full of uh, medical debt, Yeah, um, which you can't claim bankruptcy for and then get rid of. Oh, actually, maybe you could. Maybe for medical, you could. I know for student loans, you cannot. Student loan debt, that's If you claim bankruptcy, problem. like you don't have to pay your credit card debt, but... Your student loan will still be there. Yep. Your student loans will and be that's, still be and there. That's a, and that's a huge looming pro- problem that the Democrats and parts of the, parts of the Republican Party are running on, that they're mm-hmm. student loans. You know, but at the end of the day, the economy is not where it used to be. And you can de- definitely see that as a testament of, uh, uh, by how many companies are going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. You know, look at um, all the companies that are doing very Badly in the stock. The recession's right coming. Now. It is, you know. I just saw Uber. They just went down twelve percent. Yep. Um, recently, and they 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 hasn't even been six months on their IPO. Yep. Yep. So, you know, like look at that. Um, look at companies like um Barney's. Barney's has been a staple in American um luxury, you know, retail for over a hundred years. Hundred years later, Barney's is going bankrupt. Look at GameStop. Um, they last year. 
um, after they claimed like one of their like the third year in a row of like their quarterly earnings going down mm. it went down like 50% and right and it still has not recovered they're gonna close like hundreds of stores um, and they're still sitting at $5 a share like the lowest they've ever been um, they are hopefully trying to like get out of it by creating retro stores which is cool I guess but um, I don't think they're gonna make it either because you know everything's digital now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, much like why they were closing Barney's, they could just have the online store. Yeah, that's why they're closing Topshop and Soho because they could just do the online well, store. Like, realistically, that's why we're having like the I call it the Soho crisis or or the decline of brick and mortar stores because more people companies are going for more online presence. Um, and now with the accessibilities, you know, there is such high rent. Um, in these places in these um, storefront locations that these stores used to be mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. and their rent cost them more money than the, they're the money they're making, making you know um, and it's sad to see that but now these companies are moving towards pop-ups pop-ups where yeah. I will foresee yeah uh, GameStop is going to close a whole bunch of locations but they might open up this um, retro space to have all these retro gaming units and now make it a tourist experience mm-hmm, experience, mm-hmm. experience where people want to go in and be like yo you want to go on this date or hang out we'll go play all these vintage games and meet all other gamers or hang out with all these other people like this you're creating an experience a sense of nostalgia and that's what people liked out of their shopping experience yep yeah 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 um and no and literally that's the business model that GameStop is doing like exactly what you said like uh they want to have begin to have tournaments now Mm -hmm. in these retro stores um because like recently there was this dude in california he just had a big bin of like super nintendo games yeah and he went to this i think the store is called like pink gorilla or something like that in oakland and uh he went and he had like an old old like i forgot what system um and the store uh knew it was worth like fifty thousand dollars and gave him a thirteen thousand dollar check right then and there Mm -hmm. um I don't even know what the fuck my point was. But, oh, retro, like, the sense of nostalgia, creating that experience, people are going to love. Yeah, and that's um, what, they, what we love There's now. money in that. There's yeah. money in that. Uh, that's why you have Lion King that got re-released in 3D. And they, they're the highest grossing animated film. Even though I heard time. it wasn't that good. It was not. I heard Beyonce, sorry, people, that she was just talking. Sorry, like, Allison. She just had her highness voice on, so, like, it really <laughs> wasn't crazy. I didn't see the film, so I couldn't talk, but... Um, you know, Beyonce wasn't that good in Gold Member. You know, she she's she's a amazing singer. Coachella, like, yeah, that was amazing. You know, um, but she don't gotta act. I'm sorry for all the Beyonce stands who are. I love Beyonce. I love Beyonce. Allison knows that. Allison knows I love Beyonce. I'm, I'm a low key. I'm a Beyonce stand. Blow too. is my one of my favorite songs ever created. Um, so vulgar. Oh no, but that you know that is a true testament. You know, people and yeah, exactly. love that sense of nostalgia. You know, uh, think about Aladdin. The fact that there was like a, a, a quote, um, a picture, a meme that I saw on Twitter, and it had Aladdin, Toy Story, and Lion King on the um, ticker of the movie theater, mm-hmm. and the person was like, "Am I in 1995 yeah, yeah, right yeah, now?" Yeah. And it's like. We love essential nostalgia. Like everything in life is a cycle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're always going to get a recession. There's always going to be some major life crisis. There's always going to be some major catastrophe that people get scared of that causes the economy to drop. Um, then we have to build the economy again. That's a current constant cycle. 
The 70s, fashion-wise, everything comes back at some point in time. Who would have thought that uh, 20, 40, 20, 30 years later that people will be wearing fanny packs around their necks the way that they were back in the 80s, you know what I mean? So you're saying baggy jeans are coming back? Baggy yeah. jeans are already back. People are walking around with baggy cargos, bro. Like, right now, the the, the new edge style is the 2000s flair with, like, a new mm. age taste. You know what I mean? Like, everything's coming back. We're just trying to hold on to something and because we don't have anything new. And that's what, like, our country, that's what the need, world needs is innovation. There's nobody trying to innovate and do something different. There's everybody trying to recreate or mm. make adjustments on, like, every little thing um, to kind of just, like, have this new sense of flair. But there's no innovation. There's nobody, like, really changing the game and, like, wowing the shit out of us. The only person who I could think of is Elon Musk is, like, the right. only, like, really, like, true innovator of our time and, like... Realistically speaking, it's, it's 2019. Like we should see more innovation. We should be progressing forward. We should not be regressing back as much as we are. You know what I mean? In terms of our thinking, in terms of how things are carried about in business, in terms of the products that we are using, in terms of the career choices and everything. Like we should be innovating. We should be. be you know, I feel like it's like a lot of it is like ego of like the owners of like like um, Rich Paul. Who recently uh, the NCAA has now make is now making a rule that you have to have a four year degree and you have to pass this like agent's test in mm-hmm. order to be able to representing someone who's in college. Mm-hmm. And Rich Paul didn't go to college, but Rich Paul is the one who got LeBron. He um, freaking represents Anthony Davis. He represents some other dude who he convinced not to go to college and just do a summer internship at Adidas and got paid like a, a million dollars for doing it. And now he got drafted into the NBA. So. The agents, the old-time agents, don't like that. Mm-hmm. They don't like to see a black man, you know, try to innovate the game in terms of like that. And now they're going to do something to try and combat him because he's the only one that's doing that. Mm-hmm. That's why they're calling it the Rich Paul rule. Um, and so, like, people be holding other people back for some reason. You know, I guess the eventually the the light will shine and you someone who wants to be create something will create it. But there's so many hurdles that people um, have to go through and... Other people's ego uh, won't let them won't let other people shine. You know. Yeah, I I mean I think that's just like the the brainwashing of the system. You know, the system yes. is always gonna find its way to bring us down. And no matter how much progress we make, there's always gonna be a, a small smidgen of the system that's just gonna try to like continuously stop things from happening. Um, but I think that that creates a sense of fear. And doubt where we don't want to move forward and we don't want to try new things and we yeah, don't try want to do something different. But I think that as a people, we need to stop acting on fear and acting on you know our own intuition because we're not going to go anywhere. We can't expect to grow and develop and try to get to the next level if we're still always going to be in fear. You know, we can't as a as black people as people of color. We can't expect progress when we're living in fear of like being our own natural true selves, Fuck doing yeah. things the way that we want to do, and creating systems, you know, that benefit us. You know, um, we can't have the expectation if we're always just going to be in fear of the man or the system. Yeah. Whether you're black, brown, um, Asian, of Middle Eastern descent, um, whether you're a woman, man, transgender. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you are operating on any type of type, any type of fear, 
it's we're never going to see progress. And you know, it's crazy that because I feel like you know we've been brainwashed to think that way. But also, everybody like everybody in America thinks, oh, when I'm rich, when I'm rich, when I'm rich, when I'm rich. But like, ninety nine percent of y'all aren't going to be rich. But then we want to be rich, but then we are afraid of taking that leap. And we're, it's crazy that we're brainwashed for both ways. Like, I'm going to be rich. I'm gonna, when I'm rich, when I'm rich, when I'm rich. Oh, I'm going to win the lottery. Like, when I'm rich, like, everybody thinks they're going to be a millionaire. Yeah. Um, but yet, don't want to take the leap. Bec- fear of judgment, um, expectations, or whatever it may be. Um, and they, they fucking... America just has brainwashed us to be that it, way. It, it, it has, and I think where where we got to find the change is is that I think we're kind of seeing that change now with just the boost of entrepreneurs freelancers and independent workers now where we're seeing more people do that because they're tired of working for the system they're trying to tired yeah. of working for that cor- in that corporate structure ownership ownership and that's what I feel like that's going to be the change that we need to bring back the American economy because the corporate system is going down mm-hmm. we already see the structure falling down crumbling in front of our faces the only way we're going to build back our economy is if people start going back small businesses because you know what happened in the 90s going into the 2000s there were too many companies that were growing at a rapid rate and it got too big too fast and at, at a point you can't control that. So they at, the, at a point, they got rid of all these mom and pop shops and places like that um, and allowed to stop people from kind of progressing their businesses forward. And now you see them, you got these big, large corporations, H&M, um, Gap, uh, Barney's, all these companies that are really not doing financially great. And then now you're seeing like all these small businesses really doing well and booming from that, you know? And I think that's where we kind of got to go back and create that system of like putting the power in the hands of smaller entrepreneurs, um, going back to opening small brick and mortar stores um, to kind of get businesses going and kind of get them to the next level. You know, um, and I think we need more young people to be resources to these businesses and help these businesses and like be resources to each other while we're trying to start these businesses because if we don't have any resources or we're, or we're not getting help or we're not helping other people then we're not going to reach the level of success that we want to um another thing like i want to piggyback off of you saying like we're living in like that fear like me i work for corporate america um all the time every time we have a meeting hey you have any suggestions you know like of how we can do better and there's a lot of stuff that our company could do better and that and you know especially for our clients to make sure that our clients have the most successful experience they have but every time bro every single time like i don't even give suggestions no more because the same things i say like we still haven't fixed it we still haven't done this still haven't done this and i've been working there for about i'm about to make two years shit that said was gonna be worked on two years ago and be like yeah we're gonna do that like it's still the same um and people just there's always a meeting like oh yeah we're gonna do this we're gonna do this but i feel like for some reason they don't want to listen to like the worker mm-hmm. like the ones who actually are speaking with the clients who experience the client's experience every day they'll just like give an answer they don't even let you finish the question and they got the they got the blanket statement ready ready and like is there like a fear for them like they don't want like the company to progress mm-hmm. for whatever reason like why is that i don't know maybe it's lack of um resources or something but um it, like i feel like there's a fear of like someone under you 
trying again just trying to to do it yeah 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 and it's just it's um what's the word not ben- the opposite of beneficial discouraging not discouraging um detrimental oh, okay it's detrimental to the longevity of your company and and your employees because if your employees and employee like morale you don't want to they don't feel like you're be there being heard then they don't want to stay there they don't want to be there any longer um you already don't want to because you see someone on fucking instagram and you want to be stuck on that desk and um, you see, you're seeing you're seeing the people living the life that you were saying, you know what, like, I have that talent, I have those abilities, I should be there doing this, mm-hmm. and now I'm working for a corporate structure where, you know... Um, and luckily, like, I am I have, I check my ego, me personally, I check my ego at the door with that, like, I don't get jealous mm-hmm. of, like, other people, because I know my blessings will come eventually. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I know there's so many other people um, that... Do go through that, and they struggle with it too. You know, I'm lucky as well. You know, like I don't have any student loan debt. You know, I don't really, I don't have credit card debt, and so like I'm at a place where like I I have the privilege of not feeling that way because I know uh, there's so much pressure on so many of our people, of our young people. Mm -hmm. Like it's really bad. Mm -hmm. It's really bad the the amount of pressure that's on them, and uh, I want everybody to succeed. I don't know how though. You know, I think where. What we got to do, and maybe I guess this would be the point to wrap it up, is that we don't know how to do it, but mm-hmm. we also got to focus on education and putting ourselves in the space to not only help ourselves, but to help the people around us. And, you know, um, as just a Christian um, and a believer, you know, everything in our lives happens for a reason. And we are things happen and teach us lessons for a divine purpose and the lessons that you learn and the things and knowledge that you have is meant to be shared with other people exactly Um, and i think you know if we even go back to the scripture of the gifts um and the story where you know god gave a certain level of talents to one person god gave 10 talents to this person and five talents to the next person and one talent to the other person and the person with the one talent was jealous of the person with the 10 talents but God, you know, eventually told them that I gave you that one talent. And rather than using that one talent that I gave you, you were worried about the person with the 10 talents. You were worried about what they were doing and missed out on your opportunity because you didn't act on your own talent. So I think that's just a metaphor for just us as individuals, as young people, as young entrepreneurs, moguls, whatever it may be, that we got to stop worrying about what other people are doing. Look at yourself, look at the talents you have, look at the resources, the knowledge that you have, and find ways to act on it, um, because you don't know who's going to be touched by you acting on it. You know, Like you said, you're in a blessed position where you don't have loans or you don't have credit debt. Well, there are people out there in the world that want to hear, like, how did that happen for you? Mm-hmm. Tell that story. This is why I don't have student loans. This is why I don't have credit debt. Th- these are tips where that I can help you to kind of be in that space where you are not going through the same troubles that I went to. Um, and sometimes, you know, um, certain blessings is where opportunity and luck meet. Um, but also there's some um, blessings where it's just, you know what, you are in the right space at the right time. And, you know, you just got to be able to just be in the space to kind of share those things with other people. So to answer that question, you know, you say you don't know how to do it. And a part of you knows what, exactly what to totally. do. You just have to tap in. And what, what were we talking about before? Act on that fear. Mm. Act on that fear of, I don't know what to do. Well, why don't you know what to do? Are you learning? Are you educating yourself? Are you trying to, to get better? You know what I mean? Um, and act on that fear. Act on those things that are holding you back. And, you know, create that space. You know, create that the next level thing. Innovate. Cha- make Hell that yeah. change. You okay. Know? 
Um, um, and now we do need to educate like people who are like probably like 21 years old and above like fortunately they might be in that situation that a lot of people are going through and you know more people are added every second but to like the kids the new kids the new generation the people born in 2019 like they we can begin the change with them yeah that's true. Um, somehow some way that, that 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 is a very true statement and I guess you know that kind of wraps it up yeah we could wrap um, that shit up the beautiful talk Always. It's just, it's just natural. Um, thank you guys for listening. It's been a great uh, season, season two um, of Mogul Talk. We thank you guys for listening, each and every one of you. I definitely want to thank all of our guests um, that have been on the show this year. Um, shout out to Joe Kim. Shout out to Simone. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to season three. You only had two guests? I believe it was only two guests. It wasn't. We had Allison? No. No, it was only two guests. Allison hasn't come up yet, but season three, we're getting in the episode with Allison. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and next time we'll have more guests, um, definitely more women, um, more guys. We'll have video content. But y'all see that. Um, we love y'all. Thank you for fucking with the vision. Um, follow us on um, socials, Mogul Talk Podcast, on Instagram, Twitter, Mogul Talk Pod. Um, you can find the podcast anywhere that you are listening to podcasts. Um, we are on anchor.fm, um, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, Deezer, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I am King Jules, and you can follow my boy, the church at No Church in the City. And this has been another great episode of Mogul Talk Swag. Peace.